la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Welcome back to Action Action. We are the podcast that usually watches all the action movies. Yeah. But as you can tell by the music, it is spooktober and we're getting spooky up in here. <laughs> all right. Now, we, uh, we're we down a host this week. Yeah. Um, this is a diseased bastard. Yeah. <laughs> we asked him to maybe sit this one out. Maybe we're going to try and see how it goes without him. <laughs> But uh, I am James. Uh, we are part of the BFOP network. You should definitely go check them out. And uh, I got my co-host Dustin here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we're bringing the energy today. Oh, yeah. We got the energy. We definitely got the energy. Yeah. John's sitting it out today, uh, this week. So um, we can't figure out what the... Um, you know, how this movie treats women or, you know, what the woke <laughs> angle is. <laughs> I'll try and bring some of that energy. Um, yeah, you but, gotta supplement that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but why don't we start with a little segment we call Sink or Swim <laughs> or Seek or Destroy. And you know what? I'm going to let my dear friend Dustin go first. Oh, that's so nice. First. That's so nice. Uh, well, I got a, I got a couple destroys this week, and I got a few seeks. Okay. So we got all, all kinds of stuff here. Right so on. first I'll, uh, I'll hit some destroys for you. Uh, I watched this new A24 horror movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, a lot okay. of bodies. Um, this is like a kind of a, a horror comedy whodunit kind of a thing. Um bunch of young like zillennials it's kind of like skewering the youth in some ways pete davidson is in this he's oh. having a party at his house yeah a bunch I, of people come i've seen the cover somebody dies it, and then they're like trying to figure out who's murdering them right and killing them off uh, i didn't really care for it very much there's some good bits uh it's filmed pretty nicely but like the jokes are all like just i don't know on the nose like Oh yeah, this is what oh TikTok and like oh, uh, oh like, I see you know a lot of like jokes about I don't know is there pod- wokeness podcasting and stuff like that. jokes yeah yeah there's some podcasting jokes yeah there is nobody um, podcasts anymore <laughs> yeah leave that to the professionals <laughs> uh, yeah so I it didn't really work for me it's not it's not outright terrible but I, I didn't really have fun with it. Um, so that's a thankfully Pete Davidson dies pretty quickly. Uh, oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you know, I we've talked about this before the whole Pete Davidson thing. I mean, I don't, I've never really seen him in anything that I'm like, oh my god, like this is amazing. He's just always around, <laughs> and people he looks love like him. A fucking goblin. Oh, he does. He does. Looks like he's been doing hard, hard drugs for many days on end. Every well, he time probably has. Probably that's, that's probably the thing. Um, okay, so don't check that out. I would say eh on that one. Okay. Uh, even worse, though, I watched 1971's The Omega Man with Charlton Heston. This was, um, they remade this later as I Am Legend with Will Smith. He's like the last guy on Earth. He's fighting oh, these vampires okay. and stuff. It's based on an old book. Um, this one, they're not vampires. They're like weird cult, albino cult members with these black Sweet. cloaks. It's nice. so cheesy. 
Uh, the opening sequence is cool with Charlton Heston like driving through the big empty city because you know they, it would be hard to accomplish that at that time. I think like New York and you're like blocking off all kinds of traffic to get these shots of him driving with nobody around and stuff, which is it looks cool, gives you a cool atmosphere. But then the movie is so cheesy. Oh yeah. Like first it has a soundtrack that does not match what's going on at all. It's like <laughs> this jaunty kind of like happy music, but it should be this like. You know, this is a depressing, like a bleak setting. I don't know. It's a really cheese ball. The bad guys are really hammy. I thought it was terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, actually, the Will Smith version is probably the better way to go on that one. I thought he's he's making another one, is he not? Yeah, I've heard that they're going to do a sequel now to that, mm. which apparently I think has been in the works for a long time and it's finally happening. Wait, didn't he die? Will Smith? I thought he died at the end, but I don't remember oh, for oh, sure. I don't know if we actually see him die. Maybe just yeah. Maybe you just think maybe he becomes one of those freakish vampires. Second zombie. movie, he's a he's a vampire thing. Yeah, the face splitter. <laughs> the face splitter. Rise of the face splitters. Yeah. Uh, but then I did watch a few fun movies, mostly like creature feature kind of stuff. I watched uh, the 1976 King Kong. Nice. With Jeff Bridges and uh, the bad guy's Charles Grodin in that one. He's like okay. the the greedy tycoon guy who went, who brings Kong back to New York. How many King Kongs are there? There's at least 3, right? Cuz there's the original 30 like 1930s one. Right. And there's this one and then there's the uh, Peter Jackson like 2000s one, right? And of oh, course you got Skull Island, Skull and, Island um, yeah. you know, there's a couple of Kong versus Godzilla type movies and stuff like right. that. There's like I think there was like a Son of King Kong movie and stuff, but um, but this one's really fun, actually. They they clearly spent a lot of money on the sets. They got the huge, uh, like the walls that are like for the in the jungle that are like meant to keep Kong out or whatever oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff. All that like they built these huge sets and everything. Uh, they've got a giant like robotic gorilla hand to pick up Jessica Lang and stuff. So it looks pretty cool. And then they have a guy in a, in a suit, right, for yeah. Kong and like. It's uh, actually the effects guy, Rick Baker. And like, so he's got real eyes and like, so he's a lot more emotive than in the original movie. Right. So I don't know. I thought it worked really good. It's really fun, especially the stuff on the island. The New York stuff isn't quite as good, I didn't think. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it was a bomb when it came out. <clears throat> but I thought it was a lot of fun. That's cool. And then uh, I also watched Mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 90s uh, killer mosquitoes. Yep. <laughs> so a 90s direct-to-video horror movie. Okay. Where this alien ship crashes in in the woods, and then these mosquitoes like they they feed on the alien, and then they all grow like to be these giant rubber like mosquito. Things. I mean, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty bad, but pretty fun. Um, Gunnar Hansen, the original Leatherface from uh, Texas Chainsaw, is in this. Okay. And he got he gets to use a chainsaw again, and there's like a scene where he picks up the chainsaw to fight the mosquitoes, and he's like, "Haven't used one of these in a while." <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so it's bad. The mosquitoes look awesome, like the rub, big rubber puppet mosquito things that they've made for this. So when they like when he chainsaws them up, is it like green? Yeah, there's like green green blood blood, blood and stuff. The mosquitoes like will suck people dry, and so the people are all like, you know, their eyeballs are oh, like popping out and shit. And so. that sounds like a lot lot of fun I, I had a pretty good time with it uh i can't tell you that it's i can't sit here and tell you it's a good movie but uh, it's I just called time. mosquito yeah just mosquito uh, i'm probably gonna watch it <laughs> check it out uh last one i'll mention i watched memories of murder uh 2003 it's a bong joon ho uh movie he did parasite and uh snowpiercer which we did on the show uh I've been putting off watching this for a long time. Not for like any reason, just haven't gone around to it. I haven't been yeah. meaning to. Fuck, this is his best movie, I think. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's a serial killer, like kind of thriller movie, drama, based on real things that happened in South Korea in the mid-80s. Okay. Uh, it was like when their first, it was their first official serial killer case that happened. Uh, and it's one of those like ones where it's unsettling because when the movie had come out, uh, it was unresolved. Oh. So kind of like Zodiac, like David Fincher's Zodiac, where there's this feeling of like, it's really creepy because we don't come to a conclusion. We don't know who did this. Mm -hmm. um, but the movie itself, 
even though it's really grim, he he manages to always put humor in his movies. Like, and the same with Snowpiercer, which is such a strange movie with it's got all this stuff going on. Yeah, and it's like a bleak dystopian thing. But then he always has like funny stuff in it too, character like funny characters yeah. and interactions and stuff. So he has that in this too, even though it's like really dark material. Um, and then there's just like it really examines like the incompetency of the police. Uh, how unprepared they were to to investigate something like this. Right. Them using torture as a means of trying to get Always confessions works. out of people. Always works. Always then. works. It's, <laughs> unre- it's so reliable. Um, which is it's interesting because this came out like before all this like Abu Ghraib and Guantanamo stuff was really <clears throat> coming out to the public. So he was already kind of examining that idea of like, yeah, just torture someone and you'll get the answer you want out of them kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I loved this movie. Really, really recommend Memories of Murder. Memories of Murder? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I know it was kind of hard to watch out here um, for a while because there was like DVDs, but there was no Blu-ray, I think. But now I think Criterion put out a Blu-ray, so okay. it's a little more easy to get your hands on. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, that's me. Right on. What about you? Well... I didn't get to watch a whole lot because, you know, kids. (laughs) And I tell you, I just have to say, as a parent, it's fucking hard, man. (laughs) It's fucking hard being a dad. I will bet. Being a parent. You know, I got an eight and a ten year old, both girls. And I tell you, I need a garage or something. (laughs) Got to get a man cave. I just need to get the fuck out of there sometimes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> as for a different, different podcast. podcast. Um, uh, so I watched, like, I'm all caught up on Andor. I don't know if you're... Well, I still haven't watched it. I, still I, watched I do it. want to, okay. though. I'm really liking it, so uh, it's good. Um, But uh, so one movie I did watch is a, you know... I'm I'm kind of on a Tubi kick mm-hmm. now, and I mean, le- like, we're recording this before October, which is you know, right. But leading into October, I'm gonna find a lot of good stuff on there. Oh yeah, gold. they got a lot of stuff on. There. They got a lot of stuff on there. But uh, I watched this 1980 flick called Motel Hell. Oh yes, <laughs> and uh, I literally picked it because of this picture here where it shows a picture <laughs> the pig man with the the pig man the <laughs> this guy with the chainsaw with a pig head <laughs> and uh the description was horrible for the movie because it talks about how like a uh a cop like basically a cop with a hunch like uncovers this you know oh. stuff like that which is totally not <laughs> that's not really what how not it, really how it, how it goes down but yeah. But this is like a goofy, weird movie. I mean, the acting is is kind of over the top, but also like there's something about it. Like I was watching it with my, I was watching it and then my wife came in and she's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, you're not going to like it. <laughs> and then she sat down for a little bit and she's like, I don't know what it is about this movie, but it's just like, it's so, <laughs> she wants to keep watching it. <laughs> Um, so it was entertaining. It was, it was kind of fun. Yeah. So some, uh, a little bit of cannibalism going on in that one. Uh, yeah, a little (laughs) bit. It's been Uh, a while since I watched it, but I remember liking it. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, there's kind of some weird decisions made in the movie. Like, you know, this like 20 something year old's going to marry a 60 year old. Um, but anyways, besides that, it, it's definitely entertaining. It's definitely creepy. Um, on that, it was fun on that tip. If I, I would recommend blood diner, uh, blood diner. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's on Tubi or not, but that's another one that's kind of in that vein. That's really, really fun. I'll, I'll definitely find it. Blood diner. Okay. Um, yeah, other than that, I uh, haven't really been able to watch much of anything. So, yep. just kind of shitty. Slow slow week. Slow week for me. But, you know, I did happen to have time to watch the movie this week, <laughs> which I've never seen before. But 1982's Basket Case. Let's uh, roll a trailer. 
what is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? Some of the tenants claim to have heard noises coming from this room. Like someone on a rampage. What's in the basket? You're that kid Needleman warned me about. The Bradley boy. The freak we separated. I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. Your brother! <laughs> Open it, if you dare. Basket case. All right, so basket case. Uh, a young man carries a big basket that contains his extremely deformed, formerly conjoined twin brother, <laughs> seeks revenge on the doctors who separated them against their will. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh. <laughs> It's, it's, a classy, is, it's a classy picture. It's definitely, I mean, we've all heard the stories, <laughs> you know, a classic revenge movie. Um, <laughs> classic Siamese twin revenge yeah. movie. I mean, I, I like how it like, okay, so first of all, I've never seen this movie before. It, it's kind of one of those movies that I've always wanted to watch because I've seen clips. Yeah, it has a reputation for sure. And it just seems hilarious to me. <laughs> Like, absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Now, it's too bad John's not here because John really didn't want to watch this movie. Yeah, he was dead set against it. He was like, um, oh, God, he was complaining a lot. He did send apparently some notes in oh, the drive for us to, to oh, read. Oh, okay. Well, we'll definitely thoughts. read those after. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was even like, I'll go see Avatar again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch all the Avatar sequels <laughs> yeah. if you guys don't make me watch Basket Case. Uh, so, so we got that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never seen it before. Always on my list. Um, obviously, you've seen it before. Yeah, I had seen the first one. I I, I hadn't seen the sequels, but I did wa go ahead. And I was watch gonna them. ask you. <laughs> I was like, because I saw that there was two sequels, and I was like, fuck, I I need to watch these because like Dustin is gonna watch them. <laughs> I know he is. I did. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you did because now you can fill me in. Uh, yeah, so I had seen the original a, a while back, and I've seen a couple other uh, Frank Henenlotter movies. Brain Damage is really fun, and my favorite is still Frankenhooker, which I think you, oh yeah, you Frankenhooker right? that was good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, he's like an exploitation filmmaker, and this is I think this is his first movie if I remember right. But yeah, so the sequels they definitely go in a different direction, but they're pretty fucking fun. I gotta say. Uh, but we'll get a little more into those as we as we work our way through this movie, I think. But um, please tell me that the the mutilated twin brother or Siamese twin, um, Belial. What's his name? Belial. B Belial. Yeah, it's like a demon from the Bible or something. <laughs> Belial. Please tell me he like somehow has a baby muted version. I mean, that's what my <laughs> sequel would be. Okay, well, since since you're asking, <laughs> since you're asking, like that's exactly what the my second movie. I'll just go. We'll go ahead and get into it. I guess the second movie. Uh, you know, at the end of this movie, like spoiler alert, they fall off this hotel sign. The two of them because they're fighting. And we're meant to think that they both died. Yeah, the yeah, they're laying on the street. But like in classic horror movie sequel fashion, of course. the next movie starts and they just like, they escape and they're alive and whatever. Uh, this woman comes, she's like a friend of their aunts and she takes them in and she's like this doctor who specifically has a house where she keeps all these different freak people. Oh, of course <laughs> she does. And they are awesome the oh way, really the way that they look like they all have their own thing going on nice but there's another one that's like belial a female one and so they oh there's man. a sex scene no way there's a, there's sex, a sex scene, scene with belial and this other thing fuck why aren't we watching that one and then the third movie she gives birth 
to many, many Belial, baby Belials. Oh <laughs> so, my God. So yes, there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. They feel a little different because the second and third, they obviously have a bit more money. You know, the effects are better. The gore is better. Um, the movie looks a lot cleaner, right. but in some senses it loses a bit of the charm in my opinion of the first movie. Cause the first movie is very raw, organic shot on the streets of New York city. It's very raw the during the like height of the, the, the grimy sort of New York that we yeah. love from movies. Um, you know, he's going down 42nd and you got the porno theaters and the movie show and the Kung Fu triple feature and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, so it loses like that sort of, raw well yeah anarchic they're, energy they're in the country now living at this estate yeah but there's it's they are really fun um okay I'll belial looks better in these second and third movies because it's like a rubber suit with the with the actor with his face oh, like with his in face because it, it's it? the same guy playing belial right right the, um but the second one's like eight years later so you know everyone's older and there's no explanation to why <laughs> because it's supposed it's to okay. start immediately. it doesn't yeah, matter it's, it's fine but him looking better is kind of worse in a way for me because oh it's just you know you just appreciate this like low budget um yeah the effort they had to go to to make this movie that we're going to talk about right now i think 35,000 they spent to make the original basket case 35,000 okay yeah which you know isn't isn't chump change but not a lot of movie money to make a, a big I mean, movie Watching this movie and watching a lot of the movies that are on like Tubi, um, you kind of wonder like, how did this movie even like happen? Yeah. Like, like I get it. You know, people have like crazy ideas and stories that they want to do, but it's just like, where does the funding come from yeah. for this stuff? Yeah. So I guess when they started shooting this one, uh, Frank Anlotter himself used all of his life savings, which was like 16 grand. And then um, they were able to raise some from a, a couple of other people or something. But okay, what kind of sell is there on this movie though? Like, I'm going to use all my life savings to tell a story about a conjoined <laughs> conjoined twins that are separated. <coughs> One is completely deformed that is in a basket and kills people. Yeah, well, I mean it's uh, like crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, and I don't think they were thinking they're going to make a shitload of money off this, but. At the time that, you know, they filmed this, you had that sort of row in New York City and other big cities where you had the grindhouse theaters that would show all kinds of weird, trashy exploitation movies like 24 hours a day. Right. So you knew you could at least get into those kind of places. And some of those movies made a lot of money that way because people just, you know, you come in, you pay your two bucks or whatever it was. And uh, you watch some trash. <laughs> um I mean, nowadays, like, the best thing you can do is, like, I guess you can do some stuff on, like, YouTube or online. But, like, it's so, like, you know, large studios don't really take. No. I mean, even small studios. Even small studios. Don't, don't do a lot they, of this kind they, of thing. they don't take, you know, a long shot on anything anymore. Yeah. It, I mean, I think you, you can get it done, but it's hard. Like we talked to Travis Ayers and he, oh, did, he did that cyst movie. So that's obviously a small movie, small budget, but it's this in the vein of this kind of thing. You know what? Like, honestly, I was just thinking about Travis the other day, just thinking like, man, I need to talk to that guy again. Cause it's like, I just want to know like how it works, like how the industry works, because mm -hmm. It's like hard for me to wrap my head around like how movies like like this uh, get made or just like, you know, I, I read this thing about uh, script writing, about um, like studios don't really buy like spec scripts anymore. Like they they usually go to like whatever IP they own. Yeah. You know. We already own it. This is how we're going to make our money, you know, and that's why you get all the shit, the Marvel and like all the recycled everything. stuff. Yeah, you, you get it over and over and over again because it's like, well, we already own it and it's going to save us money. So, I mean, is it a better world that a movie like Basket Case exists? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I think so. Uh, and that's kind of the fun, too, of him doing this at this time. He could do whatever he wanted because... 
you're the one making it. It's like the first Evil Dead, right? Where it's like there isn't a lot of interference in terms of you could do whatever you want as long as you, I mean, can accomplish it, right? Like you don't right. have the money necessarily to do crazy big things, but considering the budget, yeah, I mean, he gets a lot accomplished here, right? Um, so yeah, so it's like these twin brothers separated, not at birth, not until they're like teenagers. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the dad hates Belial, the half. Oh yeah, the monster half because. He, the mother died during childbirth. Yeah, yeah. You get this like flashback to where, you know, the 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 twins are in this crib and the dad's like, I don't want him. Like, what kind of creature kills its mother? <laughs> like it was on purpose. Yeah. like. <laughs> and then so he, he manages to get these like three doctors to agree to do the operation to, to separate them. And then they throw Bilal in the trash. And then the... Uh, Dwayne, the other half, he, he goes and digs him out of the trash. Yeah, because you you learn that they... What is it? Blyle? Belial, yeah. Belial. <laughs> like vile, but Belial. Uh, he can speak yeah, to te- him. Yeah, telepathically. Yeah. So, like, in the movie, we only hear Belial just kind of, like, shouting all the time. Like, every time he come, pops out of his basket to murder someone, he's like... Ah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he they can communicate uh, through their minds to each other. So and you kind of get that when um, they're in that that like boarding house, and you know um, he's trying to sleep, and he's like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Right. Yeah. Right. He keeps acting as if he's hearing him say stuff. And you're like, at first you're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, what is happening? But yeah, they're, they're talking to each other. Um, and then he goes, you know, yeah. When he goes to that flop house hotel to stay, like, I just love yeah. the atmosphere of the movie. Like going down the beginning, he's walking down the street and that drug dealer is trying to sell him all the yeah. things. I got quaaludes. I got, you know, he's got acid. I got all these like listing all the drugs and he's just walking, walking, walking. He lists like so much stuff, and then at the end, when he doesn't buy anything, he's like, "Well, fuck you." Then. <laughs> There's just like really funny character stuff in this. Yeah, the guy who runs the hotel is like they just they just feel so fucking New York authentic. It's, it feels so legit, like it just and it's so grimy and yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up in the '70s and '80s um, as an adult in New York, but through movies it definitely feels a movie of the time like yeah it just has that, that sense of place where you're like yeah i'm so i'm soaking up the the vibes of and this. there's so many different characters in this hotel. yeah he's got the he's got like the the pro, the prostitute the sex worker who's like becomes his friend that lives across the hall yeah she's funny like there's there's like an energy to the performances like yeah. you wouldn't watch them and go oh these are great actors because most of them weren't even really professional actors but uh, the girl that he meets uh, at, the, at, the, at the, doctor's the doctor's office. office. Um, they all have like a sort of fun energy to them, the way that they deliver their lines and stuff that makes it really watchable, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, what's the main character's name? Uh, Dwayne. Dwayne, okay. You don't really get from Dwayne that he's like a psychotic killer. No, yeah, he's right? kind of... Uh, he, he's, he's like an introverted, sort of a bit yeah. nerdy. So, I mean... So, okay. So at the beginning, you know, we learn this stuff. He's walking down the street. He's He's carrying this basket. basket, (laughs) And it's like this running joke. What's in the basket? Mm -hmm. Hey, kid, what's in the basket? Which I love. It's like perfect. And the fact that there's multiple times where the basket is opened and there's nothing in it. Yeah. It just is perfect for me. (laughs) But when, when Blyle is in it. Oh man, you open that basket. It's going to tear your face off. You get the like three fingered claw to the face <laughs> yeah. and you're done for. It's one strong arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he goes to that doctor's office. Yeah. So they're tracking down the doctors yeah. who did this operation and they're going to, they're going to murder them. Yeah. Cause they, they murder the first doctor at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's all shadows, so you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, and it's actually a while before we see Belial. Yeah. Like, we see the bat. There's a lot of the basket before we actually get to see him. Yeah. And um, 
But you get to that doctor's office and, you know, he's kind of chatting up the, the secretary there. But then even like you go into the doctor's office and he's like eating something and you're just like, this guy's like a <laughs> slime ball. Yeah, yeah. Like you just get that feel. And like, that's the thing. Like all these characters, they, they fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like they fit so well. For sure. Um, but he's like very, like Dwayne's still very like, you know, nice. Yeah. He's, he's a nice guy. He's a nice he just guy. He's helping his brother murder these doctors because it because this Blyle's like plan to murder the doctors i don't know what their plan is after murdering yeah. him but <laughs> what do you do after that but hey i mean i guess so <laughs> let's just go with it um yeah i don't know it's just a fun it's just fun hanging out in this Greaseball hotel you meet all these weird people that live there and work there he's got the woman that it comes to him in the hallway and he's like oh you're in seven oh that's the nicest one now that's great we used to have this old lady and he's she's telling her he's in the story. walking up the stairs yeah. with him. um there's like the weird older guy who is like the kind of you know he's got his nose in everyone's business oh and yeah stuff. he and wants he sees the money the, he sees the wad of cash that Dwayne pulls out to pull for the play for the uh room yeah and he's they're like is that real <laughs> they're like all like flipping out because he's got this huge <laughs> wad of money apparently that was the entire budget of the movie that he was like holding in his oh, hands okay. when they started shooting <laughs> wow yeah um but then there's just like, all these fun people that they're interacting with uh I, like they go to the he goes to the bar later with the sex worker lady and like they're drunk and making each other laugh telling each other stories but then he suddenly he's drunk so he like he lets go his whole story about yeah. Belial and stuff because she's like, oh, what's in that basket you're always carrying? And he's like, my, he's like, ha ha, my brother. That's my brother. And so at first she's laughing like, oh yeah, ha, ha, whatever. And then he's like, yeah, we were separated. He explains the whole thing to her and she's like getting more and more yeah. concerned <laughs> as he goes. Oh man. When they come back from the bar and she like gets him to his room, that's when you get that like Belial like sexually assaults her. Yeah, right. He goes to her room and she's like manages to escape. But. Well, okay. So what's kind of happening is like Dwayne's interested in this girl, and then Blyle's kind of like the girl from the doctor's office. Yeah. Man. Then Blyle's kind of like I I guess I don't know if he can sense everything that Sharon. that Dwayne is going through or or what or like how much of a connection they have. Like, well, yeah, because they seem to have weird connection moments where like. So I think when he kisses Sharon, then like Belial kind of freaks out in his mind. Right. And then he has like this reaction like, oh, no, like, ah, oh, like it hurts his head or something. Yeah. And there's other moments where Belial does something that he like feels it. And so there is a connection there where they're like anytime it's like, I guess something super dramatic happens. Like Belial knows that he's interested in her. So then like almost like Belial's interested in women, too. So, you know, he's like, he's having a good time with that prostitute that's next door to him. And then they come home, Dwayne passes out, then Blyle sneaks into her room and then is like touching her breast and like. He tries to grab her. He and tries stuff. to and grab then her. She freaks and then, out and like runs out of the the room. And every time the people all come, like the, the hotel yeah, manager what's going comes on? and they search and they can't find anything because he's like crawled off somewhere and he's hiding. Uh, it's the same when he has that freak out. Belial has that big freak out. Yeah, moment. so that's when he kisses uh, Dwayne kisses yeah. the girl, and, and he, he like it. freaks out. He just trashes the hotel room. <laughs> that stuff's so funny. He like throws the TV on the floor, and he's like, ah, ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you get like the stop animation. <laughs> While like when you like yeah falls yeah on there's the some that's right there's some stop motion stuff there to to see him going and I like it when he's like yeah <laughs> picking the bed up and <laughs> slamming it and stuff with his arm uh, uh, so funny um I guess they had some more you know there's that dream sequence where Dwayne is like running through the streets naked yeah my yeah so that I'm assuming is his connection with Blyle because yeah. Blyle took that. Originally, they wanted it to be Belial that was running through the streets, but they like they realized they they didn't have a way to do that effectively. Right. So then they just did it with Dwayne. I guess the actor, what they did was, they you know they would find a street that was empty at, late at night, 
Um, they'd clear all the shit off of the sidewalk that might hurt his feet. Oh, okay. And then they'd let him out of the van, like it was a heated van. They'd let him out. He'd run down the street naked. They'd shoot it. And then he'd hop back in the van at the other end. Then they'd go find some other street where there wasn't anything going on. And then he'd do oh, it until they I had see. enough uh, enough footage. Because the, um, Lauder is kind of like other a couple other New York directors, like uh, Larry Cohen and... Um, uh, Bill Lustig, where they a lot of this is just guerrilla footage, like oh, okay. don't have permission to shoot, just quickly just shoot and get it. out of there, kind of thing. Uh, like they the moment where Dwayne and Sharon go to the um, Statue of Liberty, right? They didn't have any permission. They're just like, we'll just go, we'll shoot. And by the time they tell us to get out, we'll have what we need, <laughs> kind of thing. I guess to get permits would be a nightmare. Oh yeah, so. um, but I mean nowadays it's just you can't. You just can't do that kind of stuff, right? There's just no way to get away with it anymore. What do you mean? I mean, people do their TikToks and Instagram shit. Yeah, in but the th- general that's public. treated differently than, um, I, I don't know, than productions and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not out there filming a movie, so. <laughs> but you do all those TikTok videos. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. All those dancing TikTok videos I do. <laughs> Which I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I think that sequence where he's like running naked, I I was assuming that was supposed to be like, because he's like dreaming that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it was actually Blyle that was doing all that. And he's just like dreaming that happening. Yeah, I think so. Because then Belial goes and finds Sharon's and house yeah. and then like a, a murders her. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he's obviously he's really upset. He was like falling in love with her and all this stuff and Blyle, After like Blyle is jealous and he's like you yeah. know we're supposed to be doing this thing as brothers and so right um and you know he's a murdering little <laughs> freak <laughs> i mean that's the thing like like obviously Blyle is the brains here yeah um, Dwayne is just like this going along for the ride kind of yeah i mean he's just a nice guy he's wanting to help his brother out he's being manipulated by his freak brother <laughs> um <laughs> but like you think the murdering is gonna stop after these doctors i don't think so well i know for a fact that it doesn't because i've seen oh, the hell yeah <laughs> you have to keep murdering. oh man you gotta there I, is a moment in the third one where belial gets like a mech suit like um, in aliens yeah <laughs> i don't want to spoil okay, it okay okay I'll, I'll watch it i'll watch it um i can't wait to watch it now. um yeah i mean i don't know like it, it's definitely the feel the the creative stuff that they were able to do with just you know such little money um i love the death scenes yeah, there's some fun death ones. Now, they obviously they didn't have a ton of money to get super elaborate with these, but yeah. um you know, when the one doctor, he like sticks his hands into his stomach and there's like blood just like gushing and shooting yeah. everywhere and it's really splattery. Um so the gore is there. I mean, it it's got all the stuff you want from an exploitation movie, really. Like you've got the humor, you've got the griminess and the lewdness yeah you know you've got the gore and stuff like that so really you got all the stuff you want from this kind of movie uh, i think one thing that's really funny is like when it came out um you know you know obviously the critics that did see it were like this is a piece of shit and whatever oh <laughs> critics <laughs> but uh one critic rex reed uh frank henenlotter went up to him you know just pretending to be somebody random and interviewing him and was like what did you think of uh what did you think of basket case and rex reed was like it's like the sickest movie i've ever seen and so then when it came out on vhs he put it's the sickest movie i've ever seen rex reed (laughs) and then rex reed apparently was like suing him was gonna sue him for it what and and he was able to but he was able to be like hey no come on just like i was you know this is for fun whatever and so he he was like dropped it or whatever hey listen this is just for fun (laughs) well he did say it yeah he did say it and it's kind of like um with frankenhooker uh the story on that one was that bill murray was just like walking around the city saw saw this marquee that said frankenhooker i was like oh i gotta watch this and he like went in and watched it and then was like he does like a quote where he's like this is the funniest movie of the year you need to go see this movie oh nice (laughs) yeah so i wonder if that helped 
do some move some tickets for from Frank and Hooker. But uh, the thing is with Frank Henlotter, like the movie, like I mentioned, those other movies, like um, Brain Damage as well. All his movies are really fun that I've watched. Yeah, um, he just doesn't have very many movies. He hasn't done a ton. Uh, and I guess he is a film historian, and he does. Uh, he works for the company Something Weird that puts out all kinds of, you know, strange film oddity movies on on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, he did that. Uh, that's exploitation documentary that I talked about watching earlier this year. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but he's only done like 10, 12 movies, um, and some of them aren't even like things that you can really get your hands on so yeah he doesn't <clears throat> like he went from basket case three in 1991 and then his next movie wasn't until 2008 yeah and i think it was a documentary yeah bad biology oh no yeah bad biology that's one that is an actual movie but apparently uh, it's really hard to find like uh it showed at some festivals and stuff oh, okay but like I don't think you can just go buy a DVD of it. I might, I might be um, misunderstanding that or misrepresenting that, but that's from what I was reading. Huh. It, you can't like get your hands on that movie. So, yeah, it's kind of a shame because, and, and you'll have to watch Brain Damage too because that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's just. It's a shame. Why didn't he? And even between Basket pa- Case and Basket Case Two, it was eight years hmm. um, between those. Yeah, so. maybe he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe he I made the movies I wanted to yeah, make. Could be right, and it's also hard. Like he grew up, I guess, what going to the grindhouse theaters, watching all this schlock and stuff, and oh, so yeah. that was the kind of thing he wanted to do. And then I think probably you know when New York drastically changed, I wonder if the, I wonder if a little of his muse was kind of lost <laughs> from yeah. that. Like that was his environment. Like, and he said, I was reading. You know, when he was writing this movie, he just would walk around New York City and was writing this stupid movie about... He was trying to think of good titles, and he was like, oh, Basket Case. Now, I haven't seen a movie called Basket Case. Well, what would that be about? Well, it'd be about this guy (laughs) that carries his twin separate... Oh, man. (laughs) So, I just... I don't know. so funny. Um, But you can picture that, like... Yeah. Just walking around, sit on a bench, you're taking in all this... Well, the fact that, like... There's even, he has like a padlock on his basket, which is like... <laughs> yeah, it's a wicker basket. It's a wicker basket, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and he says he has laundry in it, but he has a padlock on it, which is funny. <laughs> what's in the basket? <laughs> yeah, what's in the basket? When he goes and sees the one doctor where Sharon works as the receptionist, and yeah. then he comes back out and she's like, oh, what did he... Well, how was it? How did it go? And she's like, he's like, he was surprised. (laughs) (laughs) There's just lots of little funny, stupid jokes like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to think of what what happens at the end with, well, after he kills Sharon and they they get in the big fight and they go out the window. Yeah. And they hang in from the sign and stuff. I mean, they go, I, I did like the, the death scene of the veterinarian doctor the woman yeah she was funny actually yeah where yeah she was actually pretty funny um but yeah where he goes to see her and then you know he says oh i have a cat and then he's like okay well open the basket (laughs) (laughs) actually i lied and then uh yeah the the death scene where blyle like sticks her face into all those like knives right yeah like scapels or whatever yeah (laughs) they come in and they're all sticking out of her face everywhere so good yeah that was great uh she had some funny lines that she got to say though like she was mouthy to them she was like you know i fucking did you a favor basically (laughs) get fucked kind of thing get fucked bud i did you a favor Uh, she was a veterinarian, right? She was, yeah. she was because like he was the the father was not able to find real doctors to. Well, they wouldn't do it, right? Yeah, nobody would do it at, at that stage, especially. Oh man, I want to tell you all about the sequels, but really, you should just watch them because there's some amazing, amazing yeah, stuff I'll, going I'll on. I'll have to watch them. I think at least two is also on Tubi. I'm not sure if if part three is on there, but I'll, I'll have to find it somewhere. But. Yeah. Well worth tracking down, in my opinion. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm so uh, glad you watched it. Dwayne, you know, the Dwayne guy, 
he does a pretty good job too. Like, uh, you know, all these people, like, you know, you can tell watching them, like, okay, these aren't really trained actors. Yeah. Um, Kevin Van Hentenrick, I guess his name is. Yeah. Um, and he hadn't done much else, a few things, but, um, I don't know. He does it. He has a good energy to it. Like, I can't really explain it. All these performances, they're just fun in a way that you wouldn't see normally in like a real quote unquote, like Hollywood produced movie or, or even a, a lot of B movies. Like, yeah, there's a sense of kind of just fun to it where, yeah, it doesn't matter if your line reading is like the best. It's more about the spirit of it. Like, well, it's kind of interesting because it's like, I mean, there's tons of movies like B movies that come out now, like movies on like even on Tubi, there's like brand new movies, mm-hmm. but I see them and I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. Right. It's probably and, not going to be the same kind of feel, but you know, because it's from the eighties or the nineties, it's like, Oh, well I'll just, I can let all of the expectation, like it's not going to be good, mm-hmm. but I can still enjoy it. In a traditional it. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But like a new movie, it's like, oh no, well I expect it to be like Right, because now it's like the ways that they can easily film stuff now compared to how it was then. Uh, I mean, this is shot on film, right? Like now you have all these fucking, you can just, you can do anything almost and you can do almost anything in post or whatever. Right. Um, But you've lost something too. You've lost a a feeling. Well, it's hard to do a grimy movie. Yeah, you, know. you get you get those ones where it's like, oh, let's do a grindhouse thing, and they, you know, they like put some they put schmuck a filter on, on yeah, it. they put some filter on, they put some grain on to make it feel like, oh yeah, we just found this, we just found this footage in a box somewhere, right? Like, <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't, it, it like rarely ever works, right? It just yeah. feels kind of pandering. It doesn't feel, you can't recapture that magic, really. No, it's definitely difficult to do. There's a couple movies I think that have done a decent job, like Hobo with a Shotgun. I think is is pretty. Yeah, I haven't fun. seen that. You know, uh, the Grindhouse thing that Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did is fun, but like, it's not a. Then uh, like so many people tried to do that, where it was like, hey, let's let's resurrect that and like yeah. try to, and it's just you can't you can't recapture it. I don't think. No, I mean. Like VFW was kind of yeah, okay, like yeah. that. That had a little of that. Yeah. Um. So I don't think they did like the grain or anything, but like no. the movie itself felt like it would have come out, could have come out at that time. But even like Green Room we just did mm-hmm. has a very similar feel. Like it could have been a. Yeah, you could have seen a much more um, low budget '80s version of that yeah. because there isn't anything in that movie. That you would need a ton of money to accomplish, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, Green Room was done very professionally in terms of how it was shot, the yeah. actors in it, all that stuff. Um, but that's the kind of movie you could have done. And I to- I talked about that Siege movie I watched a little while ago, that Canadian sort oh, yeah. of assault on Precinct 13 movie that from the 80s. The Canucksploitation. Yeah, Canucksploitation movie. Um, and that's definitely like the same kind of feeling as like something like Green Room. Right. So. Yeah, that's something where you have to have a good, simple premise like that that you can execute without needing a ton of budget for special effects and, you know, big car crashes or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, you have to take, like, the Bloomhouse formula, which their formula is all about low, low budget, right? Right. A movie's only going to cost us this amount. they almost always turn a profit, right, yeah. on their movies. Like, um, they just had Black Phone was one of their more recent that was a big big hit and I think they made a lot of money off that and that's a movie that takes almost entirely in place in a, in a basement like right <laughs> so you can do it you just got to be creative right so yeah it can be done yeah cool well should we read what John has? yeah let's see what John's thoughts on uh, basket case were all right well so John we're just looking at his thoughts he's got some bullet points that he wrote for us since he can't be in the room with us as a ill person <laughs> yeah so it looks like you know he was the opening scene was very good like definitely got him into it like we said loved the griminess yeah he loved the scummy new york setting um, and the shitty hotel yeah <laughs> yeah i like this the acting was great level of art school slash student slash indie yeah. yeah that's totally what i felt too like mm-hmm. it definitely felt like a art school it still it kind of felt like a student film for sure 
yeah, you could it easily could have been. Um, brother was way less gross than the monster I had imagined in my head somehow. <laughs> uh, actually, it's kind of funny he says that because like I kind of wish he was a little more wet. <laughs> oh yeah, he is kind of dry. He's kind of dry, and I kind of <laughs> moisturizer on Belial's skin. He he needs to be like wet, almost dripping, like with sweat. <laughs> Uzi, but, but also like weird patches of hair. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like would really do it for me. I well, think. like I said, they they do improve the look of him in the sequels. Oh okay. Um, I they you know they don't get hair and stuff on him, but yeah. he, he just looks like more convincing. I yeah. guess. Uh, thought the kills were cool enough. <laughs> cool enough, yeah. Girlfriend kill was fucking disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that actress Sharon. I, she didn't do anything else in terms of movies. Oh, um, really? Terry Susan Smith. She was in a punk band, I guess. So I guess I don't know. Hen and Lauder must have saw her play or something, and that's how she ended up in the movie. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he's quite. He's got questions though. Was this the first time they killed together? Well, they killed their dad. Right, right. They they chopped him in half because you see the two legs fall the opposite ways. Uh, yeah, oh, I forgot split about them vertically. that. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, didn't they kill their dad when they were young? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so they must have been killed because then, yeah, because then that woman comes, the aunt, and and like takes care of them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see them as like a 20, 20 year old. Yeah, they've just been living with their aunt, I guess. Because yeah, I guess homeschool. He, he does mention like their in, aunt took them in wait, and da da da. Dwayne gets homeschooled, right? So he can read and stuff. Does Blyle get? <laughs> they both got homeschooled. I want to yeah. see those scenes. I want to see them studying. <laughs> Blyle can hold a pen. He can write. And he's yeah exactly, and he's like looking at his brother's like sheet. He's cheating. He's like looking over his shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, because that's a good question that John asks. What have they been up to for the last five to six years? Oh yeah, just getting homeschooled, I guess. (laughs) I mean, definitely killing animals. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, practicing on animals. Um, No one is kicking them out of the hotel. No, well, that's just no, New York. That's just how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> that's every night. Come on, in these John. places. That's how it is. How filthy is that basket, and what does it smell like? There must be piss and shit everywhere, and you must just smell like the stretched out ears of a juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he's getting into the details that I haven't considered. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I mean. It does make sense. I did think when he fed him like so, yeah, 10 sausage sandwiches or whatever. <laughs> hamburgers or whatever it that was. That it's like, okay, well, like where does that go after a while? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, should there be a scene where... Well, there is a scene where he's hiding in the toilet. <laughs> oh, that's true. Where Dwayne has to like pressure wash out the basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, uh, or you know what? Put a diaper on Blyle. It's a good question though, because when he's carrying the basket around, somebody should be like, "What does that smell? What the fuck is that smell?" God. But um, again, in this in this New York in this era, oh, that's normal. I'm sure there's a lot of smells that uh, were not great going on. That's true. Uh, so yeah, some good questions. Yeah, for, him, for sure. Um. I would not have considered the smell, and that is horrifying to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Does Belial bathe? I had another scene with an argument where Dwayne's like, listen, man, you've got to take a shower. <laughs> take a fucking shower, bud. There's still blood under your fingernails from the last person's face you ripped off. I mean, I really wish... Like he was wet and disgusting, and like just, I think that would add something to it. Him being kind of moist. <laughs> it, you know, it actually it would have it would have been hilarious, but also like improved my experience of Blyle if all the people he's killed, like the blood is just still always on him, yeah. like it never washes off. <laughs> so he just gets bloodier and bloodier throughout the movie. And just disgusting. <laughs> that would be good too. Yeah, there's like remnants still from before on him and stuff. Also, I kind of wish he like he would eat people's faces or something. Like, well, I, I, that's another thing that's improved upon in the sequels oh, is okay. the kills for sure. Right. 
more money, there's some really good, uh, some really good deaths. Because it's like, you kind of see it as like, he's obviously not like human. Like you don't view him as <laughs> human. He's like some kind of creature thing. Um, so it's like your limitations then, like you have no limitations. You can do anything. Yeah. Um, I do think that stuff is, is improved. Cause obviously, you know, like the deaths in this one are pretty simple. Um, the scalpel face one is probably the most elaborate. Yeah, that's true. Um, the other ones are just kind of bloody. They're not very, you know, detailed or anything because I'm sure they didn't have the money to come up with all kinds of, you know, prosthetics or whatever. But, um, yeah, there's some actually really good deaths in the other ones. So that's something they definitely improved on. It, it's a weird balance because, like, like I said, those sequels, they do not have the same tone as yeah. this first raw movie and like the setting has changed they look a lot they're shot a lot cleaner all that stuff but on mm-hmm. the other hand they obviously have more of a budget those like i said those freaks that they go to live with are fantastic like there's a bunch of them and they all nice. <laughs> all have different things and stuff so there it's a toss-up but I, I do think the first one you can't beat in terms of just the feeling of it yeah um but yeah the sequels are well worth watching in my opinion too so Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I have anything more to say other than I, I'm going to have to watch those sequels. For sure. I'm glad you picked this because, you know, this this Spooktober we had three newer movies and it, we had to have something 80s in here. Yeah. Um, and something like this that's not a huge obvious pick either necessarily. Like this is a, definitely a cult classic, but... It's not like a, you know, a Nightmare on Elm Street or yeah. something like yeah. that. That's like a more obvious pick. So, it's nice to get something a little more underground in here too. Yeah, and you know, I finally got to watch it, so which is good. There you go. Well, let's uh, let's look at ratings, James. Did you even rate no, this movie? No, I didn't even rate it because I figured there was no point. Yeah, I mean, we're it's definitely um, not going to go on the list. But right? I can tell you my letterbox rating. Uh, I gave it three and a half stars out of five. Nice. So that'd be a seven, I guess, for reaction. Yeah. Uh, and mine was an eight. John, I see you gave it a seven, which is kind of shocking for a guy who was so dead set against watching this in the, to begin with. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't hate it. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. I kind of am too. I thought at that because of how much he was like not wanting to, that he would have already kind of made well, up his mind about it beforehand. And, and it's definitely not... A movie he yeah he it's not ne- his kind of movie it's not his kind of movie it's it's also a movie he would never seek out right at all <laughs> yeah um so i am surprised but okay Pleasant, so. pleasantly surprised yeah so solid seven and a half eight movie yeah and unfortunately sadly that's the end of a spooktober for us again for another year yeah man that went by quick it went really fast this year i feel like um but maybe maybe sometime we're gonna have to do like a, a Patreon top five horror movie episode or that's true or even top five eighties horror get more specific with it. The problem is like is I haven't seen that many horror movies. Well, you got to so it's hard to go with the favorites that you got, right? Uh, yeah, Hocus Pocus, <laughs> uh, Ernest Scared Ernest Stupid, scared stupid. <laughs> Garfield Halloween Special. Oh man, yeah, the Shrek Halloween Special. My kids just watched. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah i mean at what age should i show them like Ernest scared stupid oh i can't rem- i mean they seem like they'd be old enough for that i mean me too that's what i i think i mean i think i was like how old are you saying they're eight and ten. Eight and ten yeah i mean i was like eight or ten when i saw Ernest scared stupid we watched all the Ernest movies i mean i was probably that age when i saw the shining <laughs> for the first time. well yeah no i get that but i don't know kids these days you know you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. fucking kids Coddled. these days <laughs> fuck these parents i tell you pieces of shit fucking up big time <laughs> <laughs> totally fucking up all right well i guess that wraps uh 2022's spooktober uh thank you for listening you know what thank you i don't know if you hear that enough these days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But thank you. Uh, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, you can check us out on uh, our our action movie list is on Letterbox at Action Action. Um, 
you can check us out on Instagram at Action Action Podcast. Join the discussion, you know? Yeah. Talk with Dustin. I'm not on there very uh, much anymore, but... I'm on there. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell him <laughs> he's a piece of shit, you know? And, you know, how much you want John to watch Avatar. <laughs> exactly. Okay? We need feedback like that so we can prove to John that he has to watch it. Um, you know, you can also find us on Patreon, uh, Action Action Podcast. We do have some bonus material just for Patreon um, followers. Usually it's our top five, top five this, top five that. Um, and uh, and then if you become a, a Patreon, then you can, you know, make us pick a movie. Uh, force us to watch Avatar 2. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. He's got skies.